you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This is the Bill Press Show. Yes, it is the Bill Press Show. My name is Peter Ogburn uh, here with the weekend podcast. You know, during the week, we talk about all kinds of political issues and here on the weekend, we sometimes get a little bit away from politics, although everything is kind of political these days. And one of the things that's very, very political that uh, we often talk about on these weekend podcasts is food. Yes, indeed. Food is very, very political. And joining me now to talk about that is Jamila Robinson. She is content strategist for the USA Today Network. Welcome. First trip in studio. First trip in the studio. Thank you, for Peter, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you and to talk about food. You and I have been like virtual, like virtually following each other for for a while now. Exactly. We've been we've been food fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fans. That's again. It's one of those things. It's just like no matter what, right? Like you'll always have food to talk exactly. about. Exactly. We like to bring people to the table, and that's where all of the great discussions happen. It's so funny, right? Because one of the first again, this is again with the intersection of politics and food i remember there were so many people so concerned about thanksgiving in 2016 after the election that we had and you're going to see family members who might have voted away that you didn't vote with i certainly felt that anxiety but then like you know you just sit down and you eat like a really nice meal that everybody works really hard on and you know, it's it's nice. It's abs- absolutely that's true. And sometimes some of that anxiety that we have about the discussions that will take place at a dinner table, sometimes people aren't having the same anxiety that you think that they might be exactly. having. And sometimes having a good toast, uh, talking about whatever th- are the things that actually bring you together. That's, those are the kinds of things that should happen at a dinner table. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, food is very, very political. Um, I want to talk to you about a story that caught my eye yesterday. Uh, it was in the Washington City paper by our friend Laura Hayes. Uh, and she wrote about something that happens in a lot of different cities. They have a restaurant week. Uh, here in Washington, D.C., it's one of the bigger ones. It's usually done in the summer when typically it's quieter, although these days it's not necessarily the case, but a lot of times it's quieter in August. Uh, when we do a restaurant week, they try and get people to come in with special menus and try and, like, you know, get more reservations. But there's a new thing that's coming to Washington, D.C., and it is Black Restaurant Week, which is really cool considering, you know, the the African-American history here in Washington, D.C. specifically. Sure. And Black Restaurant Weeks have been taking place all over the country in cities like Detroit, um, Atlanta, New Orleans. Um, you'll see these kinds of restaurant weeks um, popping up a little bit everywhere. So that so it's new to Washington, but it's not a new concept. All of those cities with very rich uh, you know, African-American or African cooking traditions, right? Like Absolutely. When you, when you look at New Orleans specifically, right? Like Right. And they'll have a huge African-American tradition, but maybe not a large African-American American ownership in right. terms of restaurants. So this, uh, so these kinds of restaurant weeks are great ways for chefs and 
uh, uh, culinary professionals, food truck owners to come together and to talk about um, not only to bring people into the restaurants mm-hmm. with the discounted meals that you would see at any other restaurant week, but also to put together programming so that other chefs and other food professionals can come together and, and collaborate. So talk to me about the, I mean, I, I, I can obviously see why this is important, right? But what, what is the necessity of something like this in the city? Well, um, well, I think that it's important for um I think it's important for chefs and food purveyors and for uh, and also for the public to come together and see the highlight and see the highlight of talent um, across the spectrum. But it's also I think it's really important for those chefs and food purveyors to come to come together. Maybe they are, want to collaborate on a pop up. Perhaps they want to um, challenge themselves with a different kind of cuisine. Um, perhaps they want to highlight their mixologists or their um, or their bartenders. Mm. And so this is a good opportunity to do that and to actually talk to students who might be interested in culinary um, in culinary careers to also come together. So this is a collaborative. These are collaborative events. That's I think that's really, really cool because it's not just like a promotion or a stunt, which let's let's be clear. The restaurant week stuff in most cities are usually like a stunt. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a stunt to get more people in. This is goes deeper than that. Well, I don't know if it's I well, I think it's I I, I would those are not the terms that I, I would use. I think that's a little unfair. I would say that um, restaurant weeks are really important for um, not only for the public to come in mm. and be able to afford a restaurant. You can try a new uh, you can try a new restaurant. You would be able to um, to have that as a, at a discounted price to visit a new neighborhood that perhaps you haven't been. Um, and 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 even and DC I think is special in terms of it does have a lot of people who actually go out to eat totally. um, um, versus cooking at home. But that actually expands the. Um, the possibilities for people to um, to experience dining. When I was uh, a kid, I grew up around uh, women who cooked all the time, right? Like I grew up in, in a, a Southern family. Most of the men would go watch football. I would go into the kitchen with my grandma and my mom and I would cook. And, and that's, it's my favorite thing. And so it, it was always, it always sort of blew my mind that, Restaurants and the restaurant industry were dominated by male, predominantly white male mm-hmm. chefs, um, and that seems to be changing. That is changing, and um, and you can see from the James Beard Awards this year um, that Eduardo Jordan was named that um, had the best new restaurant and um, best chef uh, uh, in the Northwest. By the way, we had we speak of the James Beard. We had Rodney Scott on the show from South Carolina, a buddy of mine, yes. Pitmaster, which is again like not one of those. I mean, when you think of barbecue restaurants, it's not one of those things that you think of as like elevated cuisine. Well, that depends on your per- that depends exactly, on your perspective yeah, that's what because I'm at. Um, because uh, barbecue is I mean it, can you think of anything more American or 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 can, that starts more fights than barbecue whether it's Southern bar- barbecue or North Carolina or um, all of the different regions but you have so many other chefs that are coming along Mashama Bailey um, from the Gray in um, Savannah, Savannah Georgia yeah. and all of these um, all of these great chefs who are um, who who are coming along great people and um in in detroit the 
um, uh, the Lady of the House is a restaurant that was that was named for that was nominated for best new um, best new restaurant. So that is changing. Um, because you're looking for equity, and yeah. and so as more women, more people of color are are, are moving into the in, are moving into the industry, you're going to see that change. It was it, it, just a couple of weeks ago. I was down in South Carolina, and I went to my favorite barbecue restaurant of all time, which is uh, Sweatman's Barbecue uh, near near Holly Hill, South Carolina. It's a good reminder <laughs> that y- y- you know. Good barbecue doesn't find you. You find good barbecue. You find it. <laughs> uh, and, and I was having this conversation with uh, my kid, who's thirteen, right? And and sort of you think about the how restaurants operate, and it's a fairly stress filled environment. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of long hours, and it's a lot of thankless work, right? Even in fine dining restaurants, you know, whether it's getting things down to a level of finesse or training people to be so over the top. All we, of the prep, all everything. Of, uh, yes. But, and so then we were talking to the pitmaster at Sweatman's, and he says, "Yeah, you know, I, they're only open two days a week, Friday and Saturday, which is a great sign for a good barbecue restaurant." And he says, "Yeah, you know, we 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 get here on Monday, we start chopping wood, we start chopping wood, and the guy is just, you know, he's hulked out. He's been chopping wood all week. They cook hogs overnight." You're up all night. I mean, it's hard work. It's a process, not an event. Yeah. Um, uh, good food is a uh, and good dining, um, good restaurant prep. That, that's a process, not an event. And you know what you see on your plate is the finished is the finished product. But there is a lot that goes into that. And I think so many restaurants make it look easy at yeah. the end. But there is so much grit and sweat and chopping wood that goes behind that. Yeah, and it also gets back to your point of sort of the the equality of the restaurant scene, right? Like we just for years uh, have associated these fine dining, white tablecloth type of restaurants with being, you know, these these folks have worked so hard to refine this particular thing. But like, not everybody has access to that type of stuff. That's true. And and that's the gr- and, and that's the great thing about about restaurants is is it's all matter. It's a matter of perspective. Um, Someone who is who has grown up on barbecue, such as yourself, or grown up on Southern food, um, maybe that doesn't need to be refined. There's this idea yeah. that it needs to be refined, but sometimes a beautiful sauce is just beautiful yeah. as it is, yes. whether it has vinegar or mustard or tomato sauce or whatever your base is. Or like I like I I like meat, uh, kind of untouched, super super well seasoned without sauce. But that's beautiful too. Yeah. And so our perspective is all about equity. As we bring more people to the table and we try new things, I think that's a really important thing to in in order in order to build up access is to, and and I think restaurant weeks are one of those things that help create access. Uh, getting back to the Black Restaurant Week, um, there, there was an interesting quote from uh, A.J. Johnson, who's one of the co-organizers uh, of this event here in Washington D.C. Um, she's the author of a book called White Plates, Black Faces. And she says, quote, I think five or ten years ago, a black restaurant week would not have existed at all. Which I I think is probably pretty pretty accurate. I, I think it's probably pretty accurate. So why, why is that? Well, there's a statistic from the National Restaurant Association that says only about 8% of um, of restaurants are owned 
um, or operate it by black chefs. So that's a very, very small wow. percentage. Yeah. So I think that there's probably some accuracy in that just because of how of being able to bring that many people together. And that just shows the change and, the, and a shift um, that to see that this is possible, that you can bring this many people together to collaborate. Yeah. Uh, it is the D.C. Black Restaurant Week. So if uh, if people want to join in on this, they're using the hashtag DMVBRW, by the way, which is important. If you're going to go out there, show your support for it and, and let people know. Right. And always, you know, take a picture of your food. <laughs> take a picture yeah. and share it on and share it on social. I think that's 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 really important. Um, I always think that it's important to share pictures of your plate and tell people where you're eating and what you're eating and expand that um expand that experience and share that. I love telling people about what I'm eating, what I'm cooking, where I'm going, which rest, which chefs I met, yeah. and something interesting that they're cooking. Or if someone asks me for restaurant recommendations, I always will say, oh, go to this restaurant and try this thing, take this as an appetizer to help them, um, to help guide their experience. I think that's really important. I mean, it, all good restaurants tell a story. It's not just Absolutely. all about delicious food. Delicious food is obviously a big, big part of a successful Absolutely. restaurant. But you got to tell a story. They're telling you a story about their background, yeah. their history. It may be a story about the street or where the restaurant is located, how it's named, how they put together their menu or something that may be classic. Um, I love uh, Kith and Kin in um, on the DC Wharf and how they name their cocktails. Yeah, 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 they yeah. also tell a story, and I think that that's really interesting and a, a really great part of the experience. Tell people what you ate and um, uh, and take a picture of it. Yeah, totally. And the, of course, the the biggest and most important part of having someone tell you a story is just just listen. Just listen. Absolutely. Just listen. You'll learn something. Absolutely. That's the great thing about being at the table. All of the conversations that we think that we're afraid to have, you can have them at the dinner table. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jamila Robinson, thank you so much for joining us. Thank this you is so for fun. having me. You know, I love to talk about this stuff, and, and you're so much fun to talk about it with. Uh, Jamila Robinson, uh, she is content strategist for the USA Today Network, uh, a fellow a fellow food lover. Hello, it's, foodie. It's, let's it's, eat, everybody. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Peter. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.